0: Um, our usual Wednesday night. I have pastored in this location for almost 25 years. And I can't remember ever telling the people when I stand up to preach to them good evening or good morning. We have our little prayer meeting, sometimes just four of us or five of us, Monday to Friday. We meet at 8 at fifteen, Sometimes we really get started at 8.30 because we fellowship a little. And we pray for about half an hour. and get off at 9. And this Monday to Friday prayer meeting is very important because we take time and we pray for everyone. We know that's sick in our fellowship, not only in the local church, but we have churches in uh, we have churches in India, uh, we have churches in Africa, uh, we can't pray for everybody individually, but for Africa, we'll pray for Africa, we'll pray for India, uh, the churches we remember particularly is are Vasai and Pune, uh, we pray for the works, uh, all the assemblies in, in the United States, uh, Brother Gatinji, Brother Glenn Goodwin, Brother Doreen Richard, Brother Antoine, Brother Moses Uh, We pray for Brother Amelius, Brother Eugene Everyone we can isolate and pray for We pray for everyone that we can remember And then we pray for those that are sick They are individuals that need God to touch them And that's why I think this is a beautiful song In the name of Jesus there's power to set you free and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to know that uh, God can reach out and touch a one, someone's life and deliver them from a sickness. And if he does not deliver them, there might be a purpose for that sickness. And I feel maybe I'll talk to you a little bit about that uh, tonight. This first song we, we were singing, um, when, it's, when Nadine started to sing it, I turned to John chapter 15. And um, I'm looking at a beautiful chapter, John chapter 15. And you know one of the things that I like about John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 and so many areas in John's Gospel, uh, when you look at it, like for example, John chapter 14, the word Father is used in verse 2. Father is used in verse 6. Father is used in verse 7, in verse 8, in verse 9, twice in verse 9. It's used twice in verse 10. It's in verse 11 twice. Uh, it's used again in verse 12 and 13 and 16 and 20 and 21, uh, 23 and then 24 and then 26 and 28 and and at, at 31, he uses it twice. And then when Jesus comes to... You see, I love that because it is so contrary to what uh, the, this movement in uh, that we're so familiar with. The Jehovah's Witness, they, uh, you know, they're a good group. I, I like the group. I like their commitment and dedication. I'm not here to tear them up. Just a little bit of their theology. But um, I like their zeal and enthusiasm. They go to door to door. The materials they write are readable. They are easily understood. A child can read the Awake magazine. But there are doctrines that we do not fully agree with. And one of their pet subject is the Father. Uh, They don't say Father. They say Jehovah. And they pray to Jehovah. But Jesus prayed, uh, talked about His Father. He prayed to his father, talked about his father, and he told us his, his disciples afar off. He says, when you pray, see our father. And here in John 15, Jesus is praying. He's not praying. He's making some statements here. He says, I am the true vine. There are many vines, many, many vines. There are true vines and there are all kinds of wild vines. But Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And then he goes on to speak about the branches. He says, every branch in me, not just a branch hobnobbing by itself down some lonesome street. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, uh, he take it away. The father would take away an unfruitful vine. Now, I personally, there are many interpretations as to what fruit is. When I was growing up, I was told that fruit in John 15 means you got to bring people into church and that's the fruit. How much fruit you got? Well, how many people you brought? And that's a good uh, way to put pressure on the saints to bring out individuals. But I feel here, the fruit here is speaking of the fruit of the Spirit. It is talking about the characteristics and attributes of God manifested in one's life and that's why we're serving God we're serving God and very strange as it may sound tonight I'm about to say something you know God can snap his finger I don't think he has literal fingers Uh, there is a whole lot of uh, theology and thought pattern about God the Father and God the Son and uh, the Son we see and he's like a reflection as a matter of fact Paul says the Father is reflected in the face of Jesus, in um, I think it is Second Corinthians four chapter. He says we see the Father in the face of Jesus Christ, and then in Hebrews Paul make a statement like this. He says God who at sundry time and in divers manners spake unto the prophets, uh, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Whom he appointed the Father, the greater appointed the lesser, heir of all things, he says, by whom he made the world. And then he says, him being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now, uh, Paul told us in Colossians that the Father is the invisible God. The Father is invisible. You can't see him. And no man had seen the Father at any time. Jesus himself said that. But when you look at Christ, you can see the reflection of the attributes and the very nature of the Father in his Son. Well, when you and I come to that place that we have Christ in us to hope of glory, uh, you might be able after a while to see Christ reflected from our lives. And so God could snap his finger and save the whole world Even though I don't think he has a finger But let's say he does He snapped his finger, saved the whole world But he has a plan of salvation uh, uh, Before the foundation of the world Uh, Christ, it was in God's mind that Jesus should die for the sin of man So when God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden uh, It was not a surprise that Adam ate the fruit God knew he would eat the fruit God knew that man would fall God had a remedy to save man. But the process that we're going through is a process where God is taking fallen man, depraved man, and bringing us through a salvation experience by the death of his son, salvation offered by the death. Uh, He's offering us this, this possibility for change where us wretched, miserable, blind sinners, can be given the grace of God that we can become sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a nation where we were once like them, uh, perverted and ignorant and far from God, but now we are fellow citizens. So I said a lot there in a few moments. But um, God has not done that. He works on a plan. And uh, here is what Jesus is saying He's saying concerning us uh, the branch that beareth not fruit. It's like that fig tree Jesus saw and there was no figs and he cursed it and it died. The branch that beareth not fruit is taken away. And it says here, and every branch that beareth fruit that has a spiritual progress, it says, he purged it. Now, I would say, well, I'm bearing fruit, you don't need to purge me. But you see, that's the process that God takes an individual through. He takes you through a process where you can be purged and become something uh, better or something, uh, someone according to the plan of God. Today I was, I, you know, I normally have a lot of things I do all day. I'm not sitting watching the internet all day. I wish I could, but I don't do that. I'm busy. I'm busy. I have chores. I have responsibilities. And like tonight I came and my back is killing me because I of all the things I did today. And so I'm here tonight, and I'm telling you that uh, when you come to church in the night, you come because there is a process, God is continuously working in my life. And It's to change me from one glory to another glory. He's taking a wretched, miserable sinner and he's making something out of me. He's taking a person, an individual like a prostitute and he's making a virgin out of you. That does not happen overnight. It's not like we were told and we were coming up. You go to the altar and overnight you're ready to be in the bride of Christ. No, sir, you're not. Uh, To be in the bride of Christ takes a process. And we must develop, a great. we must go through that process. And so when I'm thinking about it, the path that God has laid out for us is important. And while I was working today, I thought of Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, the thoughts that came through my mind was Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when Daniel saw that vision, he saw uh, a, the statue had a head of gold. And the the materials, the minerals, the precious uh, metals reduced in their quality as it went down to the feet. But it was amazing that he turned and told Nebuchadnezzar, he said, thou art this head of gold. Well, I'll tell you something. He wasn't a head of gold at that point in time, because Nebuchadnezzar was an unsaved man. Of course, God called him his servant. When he went and besieged Jerusalem, God's people were in rebellion, God used Nebuchadnezzar to besiege them. Just like the Lord is using the devil to make me stronger in God by bringing temptations and trials along my path. Well, I thought of Nebuchadnezzar. I thought it had a goal, but it was not gold. Uh, He was full of Nebuchadnezzar, just like many of us are full of us. That is why the discipleship, the whole process of God bringing us into the world, is not to educate us and inform us and to make us theologians. The purpose of God bringing us here and working salvation in our lives is to change us, uh, to let this human nature be submissive to the laws and principles of God. Uh, Jesus said, if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We say that all the time. But individuals, it's just a statement for some individuals. We fail to realize that we need to deny ourselves a lot of things as we desire to serve God, as we progress in our effort of serving God. It's really changing as we go along. And uh, it's because God has a plan for us, and so if you're bearing fruit, you got a little bit love, you got a little bit patience, you got a little bit um, um, uh, temperance, uh, you got some of these characteristics, a little touch of it, maybe two percent, maybe five percent of these uh, attributes of the holy of the fruit of the Spirit, the Lord will purge you, that you increase from five percent. To 10 And then he purges you again That you move from 10 to 20 And you go on Until finally the job is done And when you see As you see Christ And what you see in Christ Is a reflection of his father When you look at us After a while You come to that place in your life That when someone look at you They'll see the reflection of Christ In you God was in Christ Reconciling the world unto himself Christ is in us The hope of glory But having the Holy Spirit is not enough You need to submit yourself To the Spirit of God And so I thought of Nebuchadnezzar And I thought of the process God took Nebuchadnezzar through And when you think about it uh, This great king Most powerful man in his time One day he had another dream And Nebuchadnezzar came to Daniel and he says, I know you're gifted in interpreting dreams. Tell me what this one means. And I'm not teaching that tonight. I'm just telling you, referring. And Nebuchadnezzar was told about this great tree and the, the dream he had. And then he turned to Daniel and he says, what is this dream saying? The dream is saying Daniel told him, you're, you're this great tree that offer protection for all these birds of the air and animals and the world seems to come under your protection. But that tree was cut down that only a stump was left. So Nebuchadnezzar, unsaved as he was, to be the head of gold was not the head of gold. Just like Abraham didn't start as a father of faith, he became the father of faith. And so day-by-day day experience we need. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, uh, Daniel, what should I do? And Daniel says, Break off thy sin by righteousness and thine iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. And it wasn't a few minutes after Nebuchadnezzar turned around and he looked at all the kingdoms that he built, this beautiful empire. He says, It's not this great Babylon I have built by my power. And immediately... The process of turning raw gold into purified gold started. What was the process? He lost his senses. He became like an animal. And he, his people forsook him because he became raging mad. And he went into the, into the forest. His, his nails grew like claws. His hair grew without being trimmed. His beard grew and he was crawling around eating uh, grass and stuff that animals would eat. The great king, God was being was was processing this man. He was to be the head of gold. Just like you and I are shooting to be in the first resurrection. It ain't going to happen by a, a hop and a skip. It's not going to happen because you scream. The process God must work in your life is necessary. And so Nebuchadnezzar, one year passed by, he was still stubborn Neb. See, the process a lot depends on your submission to God and my submission to God. I said when COVID-19 started, when it's this whole process, that people that are affected negatively, the ungodly are receiving his wrath. The godly that are affected are receiving his chastisement Wrath is meant to destroy the ungodly chastisement is meant to change the godly have you changed in your commitment and dedication since this virus started since this pandemic started are you closer to god or are you worse than you were before it started This talk is not only about Nebuchadnezzar, it's back to you and I. And when we think about it, I think about my own life. I think about my prayer life. I think my commitment. And what am I doing all day doing chores? No, I got earphones or I got the tape uh, in my chest. I have a little thing. I hang it on my chest and put my iPhone there and I play the word of God all day. Today I decided to ease up on the preaching and so I went into into Paul's writings and so I did I did Philippians and I did Colossians and I did Philippians and I did Colossians and then go back again Philippians and did back again Colossians I would like to know all of these things that's written in these in these epistles and when you get it in your head and heart and God can touch your mind And it can come back to you when you need it. Mm -hmm. Nebuchadnezzar did not have to wait seven years eating grass. Moses did not have to take 40 years in the wilderness to get Egypt out of him. Paul did not have to take that lengthy time. But God knows how long it would take to bust you in. The goal must be purified. And the chastening must come. And when a person bears, starts to bear fruit, God purges you. See, the concept that when you start serving God, there is no trial, there is no test, that concept is promoted by hypocrites. Men of God that are promoting such a concept are not men of God that understand their Bible right. But... When the Pharisees were offended at Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, he says, let them alone. Some people have blind leaders must lead blind people. You must have a blind leader to lean the blind people. You must have a joker to entertain the crowd. You must have a clown to make the people laugh. But if you want to be saved, find a church where God has a ministry that's designed to deal with sin. And bring a sanctification message to his people That will save them from this present evil world And the way they'll be saved from this present evil world is that they The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes And the pride of life that exists within every fallen human being Must be dealt with And so one year passed by, second year passed by, third year passed by And it came down to six years and old Neb was eating grass but he was so stubborn. And I've had people tell me that I'm a stubborn, I'm not going to change. You know where I'm coming from, I don't change. And I said, well that's okay, carry on. Because if God wants you to change he'll bust you in and change you. He'll send you into your wilderness to save you. So, you can do whatever you want. He wins. And you know, Nebuchadnezzar, and I must find that scripture. I'm not leaving John, I'm coming back. But in Daniel, uh, I must find the scripture where Nebuchadnezzar, after seven years, he decided to turn his attention to God. Tired eating grass. Chapter 4. And this man. The process of time was because of his own stubbornness. And children of God, your stubbornness. And you know why I like the message Brother Richard preached? It's because I've recently talked about golden calves. Remember? We bring golden calves out of Egypt and we bring it and hope that when a little break, something happened, we can worship our golden calves. Well, there was an ephod that I read about and I was also looking at that when Uh, The priests, I mentioned to this local church, I'm not sure when, but when they, when Gideon, when they won the war, there was an ephod made. Uh, It's like a priestly garment made out of gold. People worship that. Israel worshiped anything. You see, we have the tendency that we look back yesterday and try to worship. I know the early church started in Jerusalem, but Jerusalem don't have God And the presence of God like he did on the day of Pentecost The Jews need to be saved I won't follow a Jew across the street Except unless he accepts Jesus as his savior I know God will restore Jerusalem I know he will return to build again the tabernacle of David But an unsaved Jew is an unsaved Jew And you'll find out in time how God will deal with the unsaved Jew to save him. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You can fall on a rock and be broken. When a rock falls on you, it grinds you. So I don't care how stubborn someone, how stubborn your background is. God has a way. And after seven years of eating grass, Nebuchadnezzar came to the point... He says in chapter 4 and verse 34, And the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar. Now listen to it. He, was, he had the gold in him, but it was raw gold. Peter made a statement. He says, uh, think about a fiery trial which is to try you. I got my finger in John 15, and I'm turning back to Peter. Uh, the apostle Peter is writing in 1 Peter I think the very first chapter He makes a statement like this And I'm going to read it It says here in chapter 1 And verse 7 he says That the trial of your faith Your faith must be tried Your faith only grows By trials That is why Well Satan made me No, 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 no Take the rap If you did it, you did it Satan cannot make you do anything. His job is to tempt you. Your job is to defeat that temptation. And it it means bringing your fallen nature in submission to God. But you got a golden calf. See, there are golden calves in some of our lives. We're bringing some from traditional religious backgrounds. And I feel as a fellowship... I would like to pray that God give me the wisdom that I don't harbor a golden calf in my life. I mean, I had great men. Brother Goodwin was the greatest teacher I ever had. But he's not here today. I can't follow him. I have used his teachings as a foundation that I build his church on. I use the teachings of him, as well as the teachings of his predecessors, as well as the teachings of the early church apostles, as well as the teachings of the Old Testament prophets, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. But the building must go up. I must understand the evils that exist today to save God's people from today's evil. That is why what goes on outside the church does not motivate me. I listened to a statement made this morning by someone that I don't normally care for and as soon as he made a statement a bunch of preachers got on him because the man said well he was talking about human imperfections he says you know we have to understand that all human beings have flaws even Jesus was not perfect God who'd tell him to say that before you know it A bunch of people start to go on the internet and put it on so I came to church and I asked brother Joe I said did I ask you if Jesus was perfect No. no I called brother Richard I called brother Richard first of all I said brother Richard here is a statement made by this man on television was Jesus perfect I said think before you answer he said well sinless but not perfect I said why Because he was made complete. If he was to be a high priest, he had to endure the cross. He had to be made perfect by the things he suffered. It's not that he was sinful. No, he was sinless. But to be a high priest, you had to be touched with the feelings of the people's infirmity. He was made complete by the things he suffered. I said, you have to understand that. And, and the man that said it did not even think about that. He did not even know if that thing exists. He just made a statement generally. But it shows how easy we can make jump on a conclusion and jump on a bandwagon on the way to hell. We need to think for ourselves we need to get the word of god as a guiding principle in our lives and think for ourselves so peter said he says the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish it, though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of christ you see your faith must continuously be tried that you will come to that place of maturity and so Paul often say that. And here in Daniel it says in verse 34, Debuchadnezzar said at the end of the days, I finally lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. He could not do that before. You see, we are so, we are so human. We are so egotistic. Well, I studied, you know, and I got qualified, you know, and I am this. I must die. Give God the glory. Come on. Well, I can't. Well, rot for a thousand years. A lot of us will. But um, <laughs> go back here. It says, and my now, He says, When I lifted up my eyes, my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is, an, is from generation. Is this some goal I'm listening to here? You can see the gold, I'm listening to gold, not raw gold, I'm listening to a man that has, he didn't need Daniel to help him here no more. He had an experience with God where the chaff and the dross and the uh, unhealthy impurities were burnt out of his system. And he was ready now to praise God. And listen to him. He says, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he do it according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Nebuchadnezzar saying that? Yeah, head of gold. The head of gold was always in God's mind to be the head of gold. But the purging process was necessary. The faith must be tried Every child of God That God would use in the coming theocracy Must be tried You got to give up the junk The golden calves And what I like was I never saw before But Richard was talking about When they built a Brazen serpent in the wilderness You remember Uh, when the people snakes Were biting them and they put up a I don't know why God used a brazen serpent But they get a brazen serpent And when they look at it They got healed Well According to Brother Richard's message I didn't go check it out They kept that for 600 years almost And worshipped it They were the Jews They have a tendency to worship Something that Belongs to the past We got the same tendency You give us the past And we are still there in the past We need to move ahead and face the future. There's a God that moves on. The cloud moves on. The pillar moves on. And Nebuchadnezzar says, at the same time, verse 36, he says, at the same time, my reason returned unto me for the glory of my kingdom, and mine honor and brightness return unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, an excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, ec- ec- praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride he is able to abase. What a way. And so here and uh, John, uh, Jesus made a statement here in verse 16. He says, you have not chosen me. Well, I'm glad I found the church. No, no, no. God found you and brought you in. You didn't find nothing. Well, if I don't seek, I wouldn't find. That's right. Seek after God that that found you. Don't just say, I found the Lord. I got the Lord. No, no, no. You want to grow in God, you got to put some pressure in. And you got to put some neology and get rid of the theology. Are you with me? All right. Time is running out on me here. So let's move on And the Lord Jesus said you have not chosen Me he says but I have chosen you And ordained you that you should go And bring forth fruit the purpose of you Sitting in church and being a part of The church is to change your life And bear fruit Fruit of the spirit I can't love Well try to get to the place otherwise That which beareth not fruit he Take it away And ever so often someone is very Precious to me and I love them and ever so often and they backslide. The elect does not backslide. And sometimes I put my confidence in a lot of human beings and they let me down. And so I've grown over the years, have no confidence in the flesh. I cannot afford to have confidence in the flesh But I look and see if I can see some Jesus in you And I see that I have confidence in the Jesus in you That makes a difference in your life And the moment you get in there and say Well it's not Jesus, it's me I have no confidence in that So you can come with whatever Let the world praise you I would not I praise God for the work he has done in your life Amen And so we bring forth fruit and that your fruit would not be today you love and tomorrow you hate. No, it remains. And whatsoever you shall ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. When you come to that place of maturity, these things will happen unto you. Good things. And so here in in Philippians, turn with me quickly. Time is moving against us here. Uh, In Philippians, the third chapter, and there's so many areas that Paul talked about the process that God took him through uh, Paul made some remarkable statement uh, uh, just hold on to Philippians the third chapter and turn back with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 uh, Paul is dealing with a backslidden church here and he's talking about chapter 11 sorry 1st Corinthians 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 And Paul is dealing with a church that's gone contrary to what God wants it to, where God wants it to go. And he says here in verse 18. (coughs) Saying that many glory, (coughs) excuse me. Saying then that many glory, uh, he says after the flesh, (coughs) he says I will glory also. Um, He says for you suffer fools gladly seeing yourself are wise. If you don't know me, I do this almost every Wednesday night. <clears throat> and he goes on here, he says, I speak as concerning reproach, verse 21, as though we had all been weak. However, howbeit, wherein any is bold, he says, I speak foolishly, I'm bold too. He says, there are people boasting about how much they suffer and whatever they're doing. He says, I will boast also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abram? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm a better one than they. What? Exalted Paul? No. Confident Paul. He says, I speak. He says, here is what made this man a better minister than everyone in that time. Well, he had five special automobiles. And three bungalows in four different uh, three, three different areas of the world No, no, no Here is what the apostle, the greatest apostle Said concerning what made him feel confident in God He says, I am more He says, in labors, more abundant In stripes, above measure In prisons, more frequent In debts, oft of the Jews Five times receive I forty stripes Save one What? thrice i was beaten with rods once i was stoned thrice i was in a shipwreck the ship crashed a night and a day i was swimming for my life in the deep in journeyings often in perils of water in perils of robbers in perils. brother are you saved yes this is what the early church saw that qualified men you can know this is a good minister because he's suffering and he can go down the line. And he talks about perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often in hunger and thirst, in fastings often in cold and nakedness. Besides all of this, he says, the care of the church. Verse 30, he says, verse 29, who is weak? And I am not weak. He says, who is offended? And I burn not. He says, if I must glory, but I want to glory into something. Let's find out what the greatest apostle gloried in." He says, I will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities. It's the infirmity and the process where your faith is being tried. And that is why James says, beloved, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. How can you laugh? Well, you're supposed to be pleased that God is busting you in. To get the carnal nature out of you I know I'm running beyond time Oh I've got a couple of minutes uh, So back here in Philippians the third chapter I love this streaming thing You know what it gives me a short space of time Not to chit chat But to fit it in Tonight I chit chat a little But here we are In Philippians the third chapter And Paul is boasting again He's boasting again here And he's making some other positive boasts now He says He says Many are boasting in the flesh. That's a problem they had back there. He says I'm boasting. I was circumcised the eight, uh, eight day verse 5. A coming down a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning zeal persecuting the church. What things were gained to me I counted loss for Christ yet doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I suffer the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win him. Amen. The things you know what? Some people want to hang on the wall and say, see my accomplishment? Paul flushed. I, I hate to say Paul flushed because today what they got hanging on the wall might choke the system. Plug the toilets. And he says here, and this is what I want, verse 10 and 11. He says, if I might know him, when I'm coming down to the bottom line of it all, if I might know him, And the power of his resurrection He says, I don't mind sacrificing all these things in life That I might know Jesus And the power of his resurrection And the fellowship of his suffering Being made confirmable unto his death He says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead I wish this would be the desire of every child of God That's as we go through these trials And you know, I'm closing my Bible I'm I'm thinking today, I'm thinking These are things I'm thinking You know, I'm a child of God I wear the mask, I have a mask here I don't like to put mask on I'm having a problem breathing with the mask Because you know, I have this little allergy And asthma problem But I wear a mask if I have to go in and You know, and rush to a store I try to follow the protocol But I believe if I'm a child of God I would not get COVID-19. I believe if I'm a child of God and it becomes bad that kids are start to spread it and everybody spread. It. If I'm a child of God, a thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 on my right side. And none of these things shall harm me, but it means I must dwell in the secret place of the most High God. I can't live loose, foot loose and fancy-free and, and let Hollywood impress my mind and then expect to be protected by God. It doesn't work that way. Then the Lord must chasten me and hope that when he chastens me, I learn the lesson. Let us pray. Father, tonight we thank you for another good night in your house. I thank you, Father, for every child of God present here tonight. I thank you for these wonderful lessons that we can learn from Scripture. Whether it be Nebuchadnezzar or it be Moses or Paul or it might be any one of these individuals that you have chosen. David, Lord, the process that you have for us might be different. Help us to recognize the process you'll work in our lives. Help us to recognize our wilderness that is necessary And oh God, give us the right attitude that it does not have to be 40 years, but like Stephen, we can reach the end of the line by submitting ourselves willingly to your hand. Oh God, bless us, we pray, and bless every child of God listening to this message that you will speak to their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.